Hey lovelies, before we get started, I wanted to let you know that the Most Perfect Pleated Skirt is finally available. This was really a labor of love. I designed it to be universally flattering on all body shapes and types, and it's, I'm just so excited for it to finally be out into the world. If you'd like to check it out, you can see it at impactfashionnyc.com. If you're listening to this around the time when it comes out, then uh, it's there's a big banner right there on the site. If you're not, then go to separates and you'll see it there. It's called the Most Perfect Pleated Skirt. It's a great winter wardrobe staple that you'll get a lot of use and wear out of. Comes in three gorgeous colors olive green, black, and this beautiful slate blue gray that has been the most popular. And I'm honestly a little bit shocked that black was not the most popular, but I digress. Either way, if you want to check it out, it's at impactfashionnyc.com. Some lovelies have already gotten theirs. They are enjoying it so much, and I can't wait for you to get your hands on yours. Enjoy the show. From Impact Fashion, it's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. I'm Rip Gitzkowitz, and on today's show, I talk with a professional chef about her career. She shares how she was always creative in the kitchen, how a breakup led to a food blog and then a career as a private chef, and how that hectic job led to Prep and Rally, a community that bonded around her during some pretty tough times. It's easy to forget that people like Deanie Klein are real. I know it's a long talked about and honestly almost cliche trope at this point. There's someone real behind the screen. It almost seems indulgent to say. But honestly, it's easy to forget that the supermoms we see on our phones are really just people sharing small parts of their soul. This conversation is not just about the road to prep and rally, a brilliant meal planning system. It's about the power of people coming together during hard times. Apparently I was a very good kid, but also my parents had five girls and I feel like they don't remember half of it. Uh, so it was just so hectic. Um, so, but yeah, but apparently we're all really good kids, super obedient. And I was always very creative growing up, which I get from my dad. So we did woodworking, metalworking. My dad's like a jack of all trades. So I grew up with that kind of creative, um, you know, environment. And there's also a lot of like fun adventures, you know, where we'd go boating and we had chickens in our garage that we kept and we you know we had snakes don't ask my dad's really interesting <laughs> where did you live that you had chickens so I grew up in St. Louis my mom is actually from St. Louis originally my dad went to dental school there and then we lived there um, we all were born there and we actually moved to Israel for six years as kids my dad was commuting back and forth between St. Louis and Israel uh, ultimately with the hope of selling his practice in St. Louis and moving to Israel full-time didn't end up happening for a while. So he was just commuting back and forth every few weeks, which is crazy. But we spent six, six years to Israel. Most of my life was in St. Louis. Other than that, we're all born in St. Louis and mostly raised in St. Louis. And then yeah, moved to New York for college and yeah, and then Florida and then LA. I've been all wow. over now. <laughs> yeah, you, you really, that's like, that's a, a globe trotting situation. So yeah. at what point did you start cooking? Like when, when did you get, get in the kitchen? So because I was always interested in like the arts, I feel like it's all really very connected, um, putting things together and colors and textures. So I always loved art in that way. 
Um, but it took me a while to realize that I wanted a career in food. I went to FIT thinking I wanted fashion design, but throughout my entire childhood, I was cooking with my mom because we're five girls who always wanted to get involved in the kitchen. I was always making fruit platters and like fun salads and God knows what, and making a mess of the kitchen for my mom to clean up, which is thinking about it now, which is so funny because now I have kids who make a mess for me. I'm like, I felt so bad for what my mom went through with all of us trying to <laughs> unquote help in the kitchen. Um, so yeah, I went to FIT for fashion and then I ended up graduating and having, wanting nothing to do with the fashion industry. I was so turned off and I took this culinary program in Brooklyn to see if food was kind of my calling and if it was something that I really wanted to do full time and then I worked in a restaurant and I started my food blog and yeah I just kind of all sort of took off from there I sort of started dabbling in it with the food blog and then right I'm I'm curious what was it about fashion that turned you off I don't know it was just like very competitive it was super niche that like if you want to be a fashion designer you could just design clothing which I guess is like food. If you want to be in the food industry, you could just make food. But then again, you could work in a restaurant. You could be a private chef. You could do a million different things with it. Um, it's super creative. You could do food videos. There's just so many different areas that you can jump into. I found fashion, I don't know, I just got, I think I was just burnt out from just doing it for so long. And just the people were super catty and competitive. And I don't know. And then I just got to a point where I was like, I don't know if this is the right thing for me. I don't know if I want to get stuck in this. and only be able to do fashion. I don't know. I just Right. Yeah. It. It's a lot of those same reasons are a lot of the reasons why I chose to start my own company instead of like going ahead and like pursuing a conventional career in it. Because yeah, yeah. I did find a lot of the same things in, yeah. in mainstream fashion. What year was it when you started your blog? 2010, I think. Okay. So this is like, crazy. at that point, blogs are not really a thing. Are they like, are they sort of? Sort of starting. Yeah, like Cupcakes and Cashmere, I remember, was like the big one at that point. But it wasn't ever like a successful blog where like a million people knew me and followed me at that point. It was just kind of like a way for me to get creative. And it was just an outlet sort of for me to kind of play around and figure out what I wanted to do. And it was actually, it came from a breakup. I was like going through a breakup at the time and I really didn't know what I wanted career-wise. I was like so confused in life. So like, well, let me start a food blog. And my my roommate at the time came up with the name Jeannie Delivers. Um, and then once I started the food blog, everyone was like, you should really start selling the food that you're putting on your blog. Like, what are you doing with that food anyways? You should start selling it. So then it kind of got me thinking I should maybe start a little food business, see what that that does for me. So I started Genie Delivers, which was a small delivery service for young adults, mostly in the Upper West Side who are craving mom's homemade meatballs, mom's chicken and rice, whatever it may be that they would bring home after the weekend to like have their mom's food all week long. Um, so I was like, I can be their mom. Why not? Let me do that. So but meanwhile, I was in a tiny New York city apartment where I couldn't find anything wholesale or in bulk. And I had two roommates who were so nice letting me cook in our tiny kitchen, taking up all the, <laughs> the entire space. Um, so yeah, it wasn't the greatest idea because I just was sort of breaking even doing this, but it again was like a stepping stone and it made me realize that I think I could do this long-term. I just had to switch up the business plan a little bit. And that's when I started going into family homes and cooking for them for whether it was a was Friday night dinner or stocking their fridge for the week. And that was sort of like a different price point and a different clientele. And it just made a lot more sense. So, right. So yeah, you went from like feeding homesick 
college students to I'm doing these super high-end events and, you know, doing this, having this private catering business, basically. And it kind of, it's like any business. It's like, why spend your time working for a million clients that are paying, you know, a little bit less, or if you could, you know, just focus on like the better clients, the bigger clients, and it's just way worth your time um, to just put more effort into less clients that are higher paying clients than spread yourself so thin and wear yourself out, which is what was happening. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. That that makes a lot of sense to me. So Dini Delivers goes on for a long time, um, you know, working as a private chef. How long did you do that for? Yeah, so it's crazy. So I started the blog in 2010. And then I guess it was like six months or so that I started really cooking as a private chef for clients. Um, most of the Upper West Side, I worked for a client in the Hamptons for a summer. So it's just crazy that it's, I think it was like around eight years officially that I that I did it for, which is crazy. And in that, in that time you got married, you started a family, you were, I mean, something that like, I don't think that that image will ever leave my brain, but I remember a little while ago, it was a couple months ago, probably you posted a picture of yourself getting into an elevator to go to a client and you were, must've been like eight months pregnant. It was the day I gave birth. It was literally the day I went to the hospital. It was insane. I literally worked to the day I gave birth. I'm just like the hardest worker. I kind of don't stop. Uh, and even right after I had, I, think was, I guess both kids, but I remember after Andy specifically, I was like, I'm going to take a two week maternity leave. It was like a week later, basically. <laughs> I was like, I could do this. So I was cooking for my client. I would have Mike deliver. It was Mike delivers. Um, he would go deliver the food. I would have all the food delivered, to, all the groceries delivered to me. So I was like, this is great. I can work from home. I could have a newborn. It was perfect. Meanwhile, it's like a week later, postpartum. Crazy. I'm yeah, totally- that's- that that's a little nuts yeah but it's a kind of business where it's like you don't work you don't get paid you know right so, yeah no, exactly got this <laughs> right that's that's the entre- entrepreneurial way that's so cool. and and what I remember is that when you posted that picture it was kind of in the context of how you started up prep and rally which I think is a brilliant genius concept I can't believe nobody else has thought of this before and I would love for you to tell me what it was that made you start that and also to for people who might not know uh, explain what prep and rally is Oh, thanks. So Prep and Rally is a family meal prep subscription service. So um, you can sign up at prepandrally.com um, and you're either on an annual plan or a monthly plan. So you get billed either annually or monthly. And every single week we send you a uh, complete menu for the week, including a Sunday meal prep, which has eight or nine staple dishes for the week. And they're simple things. It's like a roasted cauliflower, a double batch of grilled chicken, two different great sauces, um, a grain usually, kind of just depends. Every week is totally different and unique. Um, and then you store all that food for the week after just cooking for about an hour or two. And then all week long, you're just pulling out these staple dishes and mixing and matching them together into four really creative, unique dinners, Monday through Thursday. So lots of flexibility. You can customize it any way you want. You can adjust the serving size. Um, if you're vegetarian, we give tips and tricks on how to adjust it um, to make it work for you, picky eaters, you name it. The whole point is one meal for the whole family with small modifications to make it work. Um, and yeah, and that's really the whole the whole concept. That's what I needed to get through my week working as a really busy personal chef on my feet all day long, running around Manhattan. It was crazy. I would go to Fairway on 72nd Street and I would like fly around the place. I knew where every single item was. I always thought I could go on like supermarket sweep and like win a big time because I literally knew where every food product was in that store. Um, so yeah, I'd run around there and then come out with my grocery cart, rain or shine, hop into the, the, um, 
the the cab and get to these apartments and have to schlep everything up and down the elevators in and out like it was just such a crazy exhausting taxing job but I loved every minute of it um it was such a rush and um yeah and so coming home after a long day of cooking for everybody else you're just exhausted the last thing you want to do is like what is for dinner um so i would have to start implementing some sort of sunday meal plan otherwise we're doing takeout every night or eating cereal or noodles whatever was fastest and easiest which is i feel like what most families are facing every single day of the week um so i implemented a sunday meal prep for my own family where i would prep these staples on sunday and then mix and match them creatively throughout the week so we could actually eat and it worked for me. And I was like, you know what? I feel like other families are going through the same thing. They are busy. They don't want to think about dinner every single night. They don't want to shop every night. They're wasting tons of money on either takeout um, or even not having a plan when you go to the grocery store and just grabbing things and wasting a ton of food because you make things and you don't necessarily have a plan for them so they don't get eaten and they get thrown out. So I just knew that there this was a solution that was working for me. And I sort of offered it for free on my Instagram for a couple months just to test it out. I would give out the menu. I would cook live on Sunday on my Instagram, just at prep and rally. Um, we'd go live together. People from all over the world would tune in. Um, a lot of them were cooking along with me because they had the grocery list a couple days before. So they would shop for it, we'd prep together live in real time, which was super fun. Um, and it kind of created this like community that I had in mind and it was helping people get through the week, which is what it was doing for me. So it was really just a need that I created for myself to make life easier. And through that, I was able to help others, which is really cool. So then we officially launched as preppermally.com and it's been around for a little over two years now, which is crazy. Yeah. I remember those first prep rallies, as you called them, those first lives, they were freaking fun. They, like, it was people keep asking to bring them back. I'm like, I need to, really <laughs> they fun. were, they were, by the way, if you did bring them back, they would be so crazy popular. They were just so fun. First of all, there's like, I, what I love is that like watching someone who is super comfortable in their element and just the way that they do things that is just like, like I, I'm not comfortable in the kitchen. I don't like cooking. I hate it very, very much. Like we are very much a, a takeout when necessary kind of family. And to watch them. I can never do what you're doing right now. <laughs> but that's that's my right yeah. but it's like it's the kind of thing also when like when when you see someone who is so comfortable and in their element and literally just like the way that you monitor the food that's up there you or like the way that you lay it out on the pan I'm like oh that's how you're supposed to do it just little like those tricks exactly yeah. those little things that make the biggest difference in the final product those were so fun to get from those first prep rallies um yeah, and, and you mentioned the community that you have um, on the page, and I am a, a proud card-carrying member, and it's fun. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a really fun corner, and I think that part of, um, you know, we, we talk a lot on, on this podcast sometimes about, you know, social media and Instagram, and there are pluses and minuses, um, and I think that recently you have been through something really, really difficult um, that you did decide to share publicly. And I think that it's in moments like that when you realize how powerful a community can really be. Um, and and I'd, I'd love for you to share a little bit about what, um, what it was like going through um, your recent miscarriage in, you know, in, in that public context. 100%. I mean, first of all, the power of community, I think is just, it's incredible. And I, 
a lot of people talk about the hate on Instagram that they get and all that, but I have to say I have the most blessed community ever. And I'm also, I don't stick my neck out too much. I don't share my political views. I try not to be too vocal about all of my opinions. Cause like, it's just not necessary. I don't think I go on Instagram to just keep things light and just share what I love doing and just make people feel happy and comfortable. Um, and then this miscarriage came about and it was just such a real raw experience. And I've never experienced something real like that before. And I feel like I'm a real person at this point because I, I could say that I've experienced something so tragic. I it's never, thank God happened to me before. I've never had you know, a huge um, death in the family, God forbid, or anything like that. So it was really sort of shocking. It's like, how is this happening? It's happening to me. It's just like when it doesn't happen to you before, it's like, I mean, no one could ever prepare you for that feeling. And it was a, just a total shock. And everyone knew I was pregnant because I was 16 weeks at that point. Um, you know, you could scroll down on my Instagram and you could see pictures of me still pregnant. I keep thinking like, should I take them down? I don't know. Is it weird? Do I erase it? Do I keep it? Is it a part of me? Am I forgetting about it if I erase it? Like all that's going through your head. Um, but, but it's, yeah, I was like very publicly pregnant because it was far along. My kids obviously knew we're super excited about it. So I couldn't just, when I had the miscarriage, I couldn't just be like, okay, I'm going to not tell anyone. And the baby's just not going to come. And like, that's just weird. I had to make some sort of announcement. Um, and I almost felt incomplete and like, like a hole in me with like before I was able to share publicly because I felt like I was keeping something in and like, you know, and I didn't wait too long to tell, but I definitely waited like a good couple of days until after the procedure and all of that. Um, but I found once I actually shared it so publicly, number one, people realize that I'm a real person and that these things do happen and you are less alone if you've been through it because you don't, it, it takes talking to somebody who's been through it to, to be comforted and know that you're not alone in it and that it does happen, that it's not your fault and that it is so common. Um, so I think it was just super important that I shared, not that I had that much of an option. I like had to obviously you know, shed light on it because it can just like not have a baby all of a sudden. Um, but yeah, but I think it just helped people, you know, relate to me a little bit more and um, give people comfort that we're, we're going through it as well. Um, and it was just weird for me to share something that was like kind of dark and tragic because it's so not what my account is about. Um, but it was super important for me to do that. So yeah, right. but it's amazing. Do you think that you, that if you hadn't, um, shared your pregnancy, um, either if you had, you know, there are plenty of people who only story from the neck up for eight months and right. then congratulations, it's a baby. Um, so, and I never knew about that. I never knew that existed. I never really? knew really don't yeah like if you're on instagram like how do you even hide that I, I don't think i could ever have done that yeah i know it's so funny because it's something that like people have been like oh when you have kids you'll share and i was like i don't know that i would i don't know that i would necessarily you know i i've never been pregnant so i can't say if i would or wouldn't share a pregnancy i guess we'll find out right. <laughs> whenever we do um but yeah there are plenty of people who only you know who, who choose to hide it for whatever reason you know either they're like a little superstitious and they don't want of sense. I totally get it. I just keep right. thinking on Instagram, how is it possible to not tell? I feel like it's so obvious. Oh, but... you do like these really close framed stories, like boob up basically. Yeah. And then that's you know about it, then you're like, yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. I mean, honestly, to me, it just sounds a lot more exhausting than just like oh, just having to think about it. 
Right. And then like, and exactly like always thinking about it, always wondering like, and what if someone sees you on the street and then they tell someone like that to me just sounds a lot more stressful. Um, But either way, do you think that if you're, that if you, if you, you know, you know, obviously you, you were pregnant and then you weren't. So you felt like you needed to make some kind of announcement. Do you think that if the pregnancy hadn't been public, you would have shared the miscarriage? I think, I think if it were at 16 weeks, which is what it was, which is so far along, I think I would have, because it was so much more a part of my life. And that was like my norm for a while, even if I hadn't shared it with everyone, I think I would have shared the, the news about the miscarriage. If I was like just a couple weeks pregnant, it was like so early, maybe I wouldn't necessarily. And a lot of people don't, but that's when you feel very alone in it. And what's been so amazing about sharing was just like the amount of support and the messages that came in. You feel so much less alone. And it like, it really helped me get through it so much easier, I think. Just like feeling this sense of community and comfort, which is so weird that like you could get that from social media. But I really did. And like the flowers that just kept coming for weeks and like the phone calls and like the gifts for the kids and like just so sweet. And it like really just showed us like people care and like people really have a heart and people that have been through it that are feeling, that feel the way you feel because you can't really, you don't fully understand it until you go through it. It's like this weird hole inside of you. Um, But I have to say also Solomon was like an amazing distraction. He's still really a baby. The babies would have been very close in age. So I'm so grateful that I have him. He's almost nine months now. And he's he's still a baby he's not walking he's not crawling yet so like being able to just like squish him and you know cuddle him is like so comforting because like your body went through this you know process of feeling like it should have had a baby and then I can't imagine not having a baby at all or having any kids I feel like I would do so much harder so all in all I think I I think I would have shared just because I'm also just a really bad secret keeper I feel like I would have needed to share Right. Just know yeah. me. I'm like not holding things in. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that also it's when when something like that happens, you know, kind of publicly, it is something that, like you said, there's there's a lot of comfort in knowing that you're not alone. Um and it's it's you know, it's it's an awful thing. It's an awful thing on on every level. Um, but I do think that by sharing that publicly, you definitely gave a lot of women who had gone through that just just that that sense of the, the hug of you know someone else has done this someone else has done this and someone else um by how many people have gone through it I mean I cannot believe the amount of messages I got like I feel like it's like I was, I was so shocked by how many people have experienced someone messaged me that I went through seven of them I'm like how did you do that seven times insane so like I just it made me feel like I had the best case scenario out of like, not that you're ranking them, but like, it just makes you feel like you're with people. It happens. It happens very often, sadly. And like, it'll be okay. And you see that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and like they have gone through it and they have had five healthy kids after that. And you know, it just, it's that sense of comfort and that hug, as you mentioned. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and listen, I mean, I, it's, it's part of, it's part of being a mom sometimes. And it's part of, it's part of being a mom. And it's part of this great community that you've built around, um, you know, around prep and rally and around the work that you do. And your Instagram page, by the way, is beautiful. Like the green is, it speaks to my soul. It speaks to my soul very much. And, um, and, and you have some exciting news because I hear that things are coming off of, off of my phone and into my hands. So tell me about that. 
Oh my gosh, it's still all really new. I'm still on a cloud, but I just got a book deal and the Prep and Rally Cookbook is coming at you fall 2022, which seems so far away, but there's so much soul that I want to pour into it that I am happy. I have a lot of time um, to, to get busy on it. And it's the kind of thing where like God knew I needed a big project right now. And I keep saying timing is everything. It's like, I've, I've tried this cookbook for a while, but it was never at you know, the right publisher never worked out the way exactly I envisioned it. Um, so I kept waiting for the right opportunity, the right time, the right partners, really everything to just kind of line up. And like right after this miscarriage, like this happens and it was just like one door opens, one door closes. And I'm just so excited to just really get busy and just pour my heart and soul into it. I'm so beyond excited to just get it off of a screen and just have it be in your kitchen and like have it be like accessible you could throw in your bag and bring it to the grocery store with you and just be a part of your family and help families all around the world it's just beyond me it's gonna it's gonna be fantastic I can't wait to see where that goes and and what that turns into is um like do do you have an an outline like for how is the book going to be organized into those same weekly um similar yeah so we have our first call in about a week or so to kind of go through the whole outline to go through the table of contents and then just like how we go about doing this because I have so many questions like how does this even work I have no idea um so that's our first call in about a week or so but yeah essentially um it's going to be a compilation of brand new prep and rally meal plans um and each one has the eight or so Sunday meal prep staples so you can just search from the index in the back of the book to get to those individual recipes as well if you didn't want to do a full meal plan um and then there's tons of tips and tricks and resources and like you know here's a guacamole recipe and here are 10 different ways you could revamp it with like different things in your fridge or if you have leftover this here's five different things you could do it's lots of like very visual graphic illustrations showing you how to be smart savvy in the kitchen and save time money and sanity which is really what the whole concept has always been sign me up that sounds fantastic um i i I can't i can't wait till that comes out and um and i'm sure that you know as 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 you get but get working on it more and more we'll be able to see some of the behind the scenes and i'm a sucker for that kind of stuff so i'm i'm just i'm just really excited for for all of this this was this was a really great chat thank you so much for um for coming on if somebody wants to learn more about you or prep and rally where can they go you can head to prepandrally.com and i'm at prep and rally on instagram facebook all over on youtube i'm Deanie klein um and yeah i'm all over the place so you can reach out anytime and i so appreciate this thank you so much for having me on my really- pleasure i'm gonna ask you one last question and that's what i ask everyone who comes on the show and that is to you Deanie klein what does it mean to make an impact Ooh, to make someone's life a little bit better and simpler and more enjoyable. And for me, that is sharing Prep and Rally with the world and something that has been so helpful to me, being able to change people's lives and receive the messages that I receive on a daily basis. It just like a warm hug. It really is. It's just so humbling and I'm so happy to be able to do it. That is awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today, Dini. Take care. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Dini, her links are in the show notes. There you'll also find links to the most perfect pleated skirt, the coziest scarf, and the most comfortable mask. Access all of that by swiping up on the cover art or going to impactfashionnyc.com. If you'd like to apply to advertise on the Be Impactful podcast, please send me an email at rifki at impactfashionnyc.com. 
to hear more episodes, be sure to subscribe. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help more people hear it, leave a review or a quick rating. They make my day. The episode art was designed by Michelle Moses. Original music composed by Nissan Fatman. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Rifki Itzkowitz. Catch me on Instagram and Facebook at impact.fashion.myc. As always, here's to making an impact together. <laughs>